0: What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and and one-and-done preview for this week's American Express. In this video, I will go through the outright betting market. We'll talk through some head-to-head matchups, and then we will go through some one-and-done options. Obviously, this week was uh, very different than most weeks because we had a seismic Withdraw right after uh, salaries were released, after the odds were already out, so that impacted everything. We'll talk through all of that, uh, and don't forget Wednesday there are two live chats: so 3 p.m. Eastern time and 8:15 p.m. Eastern time on the Rick Ron Good YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to go through final American Express stuff and then IPO closing of Jock Market, which is Stock Market DFS. Finally, if you have not taken advantage of your free bets over at William Hill yet, uh, you can do so. RickRungood.com slash WillHill. I've got a handful of states up there, New Jersey, Illinois, and Indiana. Hope to be live in Michigan and Colorado soon. It's free money. It helps you. It helps me. Uh, You do not have to make the bets just on golf. You can bet them on Super Bowl... Uh, playoffs, whatever you want. Uh, so check it out. See if you are eligible. Otherwise, let's jump into this week's American Express. All right, what you're looking at right now is the tournament predictor tool. I've simulated the American Express 500 times. This These simulation results continue to get better and better each week. Um, I think they are still giving a bit too much credence to some of the more volatile golfers. I've I've toned that down a little bit. We are getting closer and closer to uh, really, really, really good results. But right now, I think it treats the favorites really well. I think it treats the, the long shots really well. But some of the really volatile guys like Sepstraka. Straka, Seem to get way more win equity than they probably should. So this is just a uh, you know a cautionary tale. You should not be blindly following anything on the internet. Uh, and this tool is included. This is a way to identify potential values. You should also uh, you know run them through your own brain. You know dig deeper into some of these some of these guys and see if they're worth a bet for you. But before we even get into all of this, uh, you know John Rom was in this field. He was uh in the DraftKings and FanDuel player pools. He was on the betting board and he withdrew, which moved the markets pretty significantly. So I was kind of tracking this yesterday. So um uh, DraftKings had so DraftKings got rid of Rom, who I mean, first of all, it's rare to have a guy who's, you know, somewhere between five and a half to seven and a half to one uh Withdraw and 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 his odds are basically half that of the next golfer. So there was a pretty big chasm there. There was a big hole to fill when 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 Rom withdrew. So DraftKings immediately moved Cantlay from like fifteen or sixteen to one to twelve. They immediately moved Reed to fourteen, Finau and Scheffler to sixteen, and then Answer and Wolf to twenty two. Then I, I think that was a bit of a panic move uh, by DraftKings, to be quite honest, because uh, just a minute or two later, you could you saw the numbers start to settle in a little bit longer. They moved Cantlay uh, and Reed back a hair. They moved Finau and Scheffler back a hair. Uh, Wolf back to 23 and answer to 30. So if you're paying attention, answer in a matter of minutes went from like 35 to to the panic move that DraftKings made to not get smoked on this, to 22, then all the way back to 30. So hopefully you were not one of the people who snagged him in the few minutes that he was 22-1. to Now the big thing uh, was that William Hill still hung the lines on... They still had Rom out there uh, for 41 minutes by my count. It took them 41 minutes after the news broke for them to uh, finally adjust. Uh, so that means for 41 minutes, Patrick Cantlay was still at 16 to one. Reed was still at 20. Finau and Scheffler were at 22. Wolf at 28 and Answer at 35. They eventually adjusted that down just to, just a hair. Quite honestly, Cantlay to 14, Reed to 16, Finau to 20, um, Answer down to 30, Wolf down to 25. So. <clears throat> You know, William Hill uh, doesn't always have some of the best lines, uh, but they were a little bit slow to move here, and I think that uh, they might have gotten taken advantage of a little bit. Now, I I will say this, you know, my strategy for this week kind of got thrown out the door because uh, I I panic bought a lot of the guys at the top. So I, I quickly uh, uh, snagged, uh, and I want to make sure I have this right, Patrick Cantlay uh, at the 16 while that number was still hanging out there I grabbed uh excuse me I want to say I got Wolf at 25 before he dropped or I'm sorry at 28 before he dropped down to uh you know some places 19 some places William Hill finally at 25 so you know it it, I, I my card is a bit top heavy this week because it's rare that we get a favorite who removes himself from the field and the win equity that that uh, creates for the rest of the top guys, and then the odds were still standing out there. So, my my, my betting card is not as um, not as balanced this week as I as I normally would have liked. But this it's kind of rare. So so looking at the the model, you know, Patrick Cantlay, I do have winning this golf tournament um, more often than most. And it's probably too much, to be quite frank. I he won in my simulations 13% of the time. That's a lot. That's a lot in a full field. Uh, you know, his implied odds, even at 14 to 1 is is seven. Uh, is only 7%. So clearly, um, Patrick Haley probably not going to win this tournament 13% of the time, but does he win it 8 or 9 Does he win it 10 That would be significant value in an outright market if the answer is yes. Uh, surprisingly enough, Scotty Scheffler uh, was next in my simulation. He won it 10% of the time, so I believe that there's value there. Again, he probably doesn't win this golf tournament 10% of the time. He's never won on the PGA Tour, right? But uh, does he win it 8%? Does he win it 7%? Still, that is value when you look at his implied odds at five point six to one and then the one that I think uh, or, or, or maybe the two guys that this really starts to to bear out on and I really really like are are Reed and Wolf you know Reed is a winner uh, which is important and he won my one in my simulations nine percent of the time odds makers have him winning about six point three percent that would be a value and then Matthew Wolf is um, not a prolific winner yet. Uh, but the the upside that he has shown, especially in the last six or seven months, has been phenomenal. He won in my simulation six point two percent of the time and then you get some long shots you know it's no surprise that Sam burns, who i've spent a lot of oxygen on this week uh is he won it five point four percent of the time again that's too much but the 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 model and the simulation looks at recent form it looks at tournament history it looks at some of your um your your trends, right? How how often and how many ga- strokes you are gaining to the field. And Sam Burns gets a big boost in all of those categories. So I'm I'm surprised to see him this high, but I'm not surprised to see him being listed as one of the better values. I, I think that makes a ton of sense. So um the way that I filled out my card a bit top heavy this week, if I would have built it in a more balanced uh, approach. It probably would have included, you know, Matthew Wolf. It probably would have included Abraham answer, uh, trying to give him one last crack at this, uh, you know, after coming off of that miscut from last week, which disappointed a lot of people, it would have included Sam Burns anyway. It would have included, uh, doc Redmond. It would have included, there was somebody else at 110 to one or like post Oh, actually, um, it, it will also include, and I actually did get this, uh, Kramer Hickok Kramer Hickok was in the, so if you did not watch the sleepers video on, uh, Rick run good on the Rick run good YouTube channel, he made the sleepers video and I'm gaining a lot of steam on him. He's been playing well recently. He was great from Tita green last week. Uh, he was like 175 to one when I got a bet in on him. So that, that is a guy that if you're sprinkling long shots, which historically last couple of years, Adam long wins at 500 to one at this event. Um, Andrew Landry wins at 200 to one. I mean, we've, we've seen some long shot winners here because it's a unique event, unique course rotation, kind of weird. A lot of, you have to, you have to make a lot of birdies. A lot of these guys can get hot. Um, and you know, some of these like guys who, 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 uh, you know, cut their teeth in, in, mini tours or corn fairy tour events like they know how to go low like you have to go low to win those you have to go low to monday qualify you have to go low to do that you get you get on these two courses for this week you're gonna have to go low so i, I do this week more than most like a lot of these really really long shots uh so keep that in mind let's look at some head-to-head head, see if we can find a bit of value all right, the head-to-head matchup tool, uh, by far, well, I shouldn't say that. One of my favorite tools on the website. You can choose any time frame that you want dating back to, like, 2005. You can run two golfers against one another and see who's most likely to win a four-round matchup. And the first one that caught my eye here is Taylor Gooch versus Patton Kazire. And I think that, um, while not sexy, I-, I think this is where you kind of beat the books a little bit right these kind of unknown golfers with uh you know different lots of different trends and lots of volatility and and not a lot of uh handle coming in on them i think this is kind of where you do it so uh, right now DraftKings kings has Patton kazire in a favorite in this matchup minus 118 versus taylor gooch minus 106 uh, i have this significantly in the favor of taylor Gooch. Um, Sixty three percent in fact. I have Taylor Gooch should be a minus one seventy two favorite to Patton Kazir's plus one seventy two. Obviously no no juice included in that. Uh the, the thing that I assume books are are, are rolling with is is Kazir's run from basically Houston to now. But um, you know, that just got him out of a long-term hole. If you're looking at the visual in the video version of this, I mean, the guy's been underwater under uh, zero in terms of of strokes gained since January of 2020. You know what I mean? He's been I- until like last week. And uh, Gooch has been consistently over. He's been a bit flat recently. We actually haven't even seen him play in quite some time. We haven't seen him play since, um, I want to say Mayakoba was his last, or Houston was his last event. Yeah. So uh to me this is kind of a no brainer. I know Kazir played well uh, at Sony, I believe it was, but this is this is this is silly. I, I, I think it's a gooch side in a big way. Okay, here's one that catches my eye. Uh Tony Finau versus Scotty Scheffler. That's pretty interesting. Uh Finau, a a significant favorite. In this matchup, so we'll go Finau versus Scotty. Okay, um, I have Finau winning this fifty-four percent of the time, minus one eighteen. He's minus one twenty-five. That makes sense with the juice. Uh, Scotty plus one eighteen in my model, plus one hundred. So this is a no bet. Uh, you couldn't bet this. Uh, neither neither side is is is. Good enough, quite frankly. Uh, but interesting to see. So Finau is 54% over, over Scotty Scheffler. I didn't know what I expected when I plugged those two names in, but we have a lot of rounds on both of them, both of them uh, in an upward trend. They've um, leveled off a bit recently over the course of of the last couple of, of starts, but uh, still the nod to Finau. But I I wonder how long that'll be. Scotty Scheffler uh, certainly blooming into a, a, a great player in his own right. Let's see if I can find... One more bet here. How about Cantlay Reed? We can just do we can just do two of the big big players here. So Cantlay's minus one eighteen, and Reed is minus one hundred six. So a couple of Patrick's. So we'll do Patrick Cantlay versus Patrick Reed. Wow, it's really close. Okay, so I have I have Cantlay winning this fifty one percent of the time, um, putting him at minus one hundred four. He's minus one eighteen on on DraftKings, Patrick Reed, 49%, plus 104, he's minus 106. So you can't bet either one of these either, but very, very close, which, you know what, uh, this is a a really good... a really good time to probably remind people of this. Not only do I use this head-to-head tool to look up uh, look up matchups, right? And a lot of times they're very, very close and there's not a lot of edge in them or you have to go and find, you know, Taylor Gooch versus Patton Kazire or whatever it is. Uh, but what I also use this for is, is to break ties. Um, think about it from a from a DraftKings perspective. You know, Cantlay and Reed are two golfers who are both over $10,000. Now, I don't know what the ownership is going to be on these golfers come Thursday morning. We can have projected ownership on Wednesday. We can talk through that on the live chat. Um, but one of them is probably going to be significantly more owned than the other. Patrick Cantlay probably going to be significantly owned. So in a head-to-head matchup with one another, Patrick Reed beats Patrick Cantlay 49% of the time. So if Patrick Cantlay was 30% owned and Patrick Reed was 10% owned, you'd almost have to roster Reed over him because half the time, Reed is going to be uh, better than Cantlay, and he is at one-third of the ownership. That is a very round, simple example, but this is a way that I break ties in ownership. I will come in here Wednesday evenings, and I will pump all this stuff in here and say, okay you know, here's, here's a couple of ownerships that I have that, that I think are too far off. Are they right? And, and this is a really good way to just look at two golfers against one another. That is how I use it. I encourage you to use it the same way. And I think you will find yourself in better positions in larger, uh, GPP is so that you can have a bit of an edge in terms of game theory, a bit of leverage and ownership, uh, and you're not leaving much on the table in terms of, of, of player performances against one another. So keep that in mind. Uh, let's run over to the one and done. So quick update on the uh, run, good, one and done. Remember, we started at the beginning of the season. So we are 14 weeks in. This is week 15. Um, the The biggest winners last week were Joaquin Neiman. Nobody had Kevin Nah. Uh, there was a lot of Webb Simpson. There was a lot of Daniel Berger. So, you know, everybody, almost everybody got uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars. So there wasn't much movement at the top. Brandon K-9 continues to hold his lead over a storm of shanks um, that is less than, one hundred fifty thousand dollars separating those two. Rex Grant, JK, and Swarm are are rounding out the top five. I I think I'm in like hundred twentieth. I added ranks here by the way, which I thought was handy, so you guys can see where you're at. Uh, out of uh, out of three hundred and I think sixty of us. Uh, so so this is rocking and rolling. Um, but a lot of you are making your second picks. Uh, whether it is uh, you you know presumably your your one and done started at the Sony. That's your that's the natural starting point for a lot of these. Um, so there was, I know, a ton of uh, burger picks. There was a lot of Webb Simpson picks. There was a lot of um, Abraham Answer picks. Unfortunately, there was a lot of Sung Im picks. I think those were the probably the four most popular golfers from last week. And looking towards this week, you know, it is it is certain that Patrick Cantlay is is going to be one of the uh, most used. Golfers and and when you think about Patrick Cantlay and you think about using him uh, over the course of a, of an entire season, are you going to use him at a major? Probably not. Uh, there's a lot of good golfers. You probably don't need to use Patrick Cantlay at a major. Are you going to use him at a WGC event? Again, probably not. Those are stacked fields. Cantlay, you know, whether he's the tenth, eleventh, twelfth best golfer in the world, something like that. Um, you don't necessarily have to use him. Uh, are you going to use him? Out of place that he's won before. I mean, you could use him at the Memorial. You could use him at uh, Shriners. I guess Shriners is probably the natural fit for him, right? And depending on your one and done, you do not have the Shriners in your schedule because you probably go from Sony to uh, BMW, so you don't get the fall portion of the schedule. So, all that being said, based on all of those things, the most natural fit for 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 Can'tley, you don't get to use, and you're probably not going to use them anywhere else. You should probably use them this week, right? You know the the removal of John Rahm from this field adds so much win equity to Patrick Can'tley, and and I was looking at this up the other day, and I I kind of couldn't believe it. Can'tley missed the cut at the Northern Trust um, at the end of 2020. That was his first missed cut in a long time. In fact, in going back to the 2019 Players Championship was the last time he missed the cut, meaning that the last Meaning in his last 32 events, Patrick Cantlay has won twice and missed the cut once. So he has not burned you basically at any point if you ever wanted to use him in a one-and-done or any situation like that. He's gotten you some type of dollars, and now he is the betting favorite. So long story short, Patrick Cantlay in a vacuum is is the best play this week in terms of of one-and-done. Now, if you want to be a little bit different, if you want to go to Patrick Reed, I think that's fine, right? He can get hot. He can he can uh, make birdies in bunches. If you want to go to, I I think the next natural landing place would be Matthew Wolf, um, who you know, with with Matthew Wolf, we really have to throw out a lot of. a lot of even the stuff from like 18 months ago and 12 months ago, because he has gotten so much better in the last six months, you really have to look at at it from a, a very micro standpoint with him. And I know he missed the cut. At the Masters, he struggled down the stretch. Maybe he was a little bit tired, you know, long season, a sprint at the end. Uh, but what he did from basically Rocket Mortgage to Shriners was unbelievable. You know, he had three runner-up finishes. He finished fourth at the PGA Championship. The guy was contending nearly every single week. He could make a bunch of birdies. People don't realize what a good putter he is because he's got that unique swing and he bombs it off the tee. He's a great putter. I, I, I like Matthew Wolf as a, as a plug here. And uh, I wouldn't mind using him in a one-and-done because, again, what's his natural fit? I'm not sure he has one. You're not going to play him in a major championship. You could par- probably get him, maybe if he goes back to 3M, right? Uh, a place that he's won in the past, he'll, he'll, he'll have one of the shortest odds there. But I'm looking at the betting board. He's like 6th or 7th on the betting board. So he is technically you know, one of the favorites for, for this week. The... Probably most natural course fit is Adam Hadwin, right? He's had a bunch of great success here. He shot a 59 at this event. Uh, if you were really a glutton for punishment, why not Abe Answer. I, I mean, I know that he missed a cut where he was very popular popular last week. Um, you can go back one more time. You can forgive and forget. Go back one more time to a place he finished runner-up at last year. Um, I, I don't hate it. I really don't. And I think that you're you're getting the opportunity to get the guy who's seventh in the betting odds uh, at a very, very low number because you either used him last week or you saw what he did last week and you don't want to use him this week. I think it's pretty interesting. So, hey, keep that in mind. Obviously, it's very early in the year. You can shuffle this out a couple of different ways. So uh, find what's best for you. Let me know which way you're going. Tweet me, at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.